Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Since I had never married, I planned to leave it intact to my great niece, Betty, daughter of a nephew whom I had known little and liked less. I remembered Betty as a child, and I was delighted beyond measure when I heard from her that she was about to be married, and that she and her fiancé intended to visit me in my island home as part of their honeymoon trip. Hello. Hello there. Uncle Jasper. Betty, Betty, is it really you? Really and truly. Oh, come, come. Let me have a look at you. Uh, Jack's paying the taxi. Oh, Uncle Jack. Uh, Jack. Uh, Jack is your young man. Huh? He's my husband, Uncle Jasper. For two whole days, I've been Mrs. Jack Turner. Isn't that marvelous? Positively marvelous. Here he comes. Isn't he beautiful? It's positively beautiful. Jack? Jack, come meet Uncle Jasper. Young man? 
Delighted to know you. I'm delighted to know you, Mr. Lowe. Uh, Betty's told me a lot about you. What could she remember about me? It's been ten years. Whatever she remembered, it was all good. (laughs) Come inside. I've got a good rum drink waiting for us and uh, something to eat. Oh, good. We haven't eaten a thing since we left the mainland. And you'll be ready for some excellent flying fish with breadfruit and sliced cold mangoes. Mm, Sounds marvelous. Uh, Yes, sir. After you. You, you've got it all set out. Yes, ready and waiting for you. Oh, sit down, Jack. Can I help you, Uncle Jack? Oh, no, no. No need, no need. Well, now, tell me, how was your trip? Perfect. Wasn't it, Jack? Oh, I don't remember a thing, uh, except you. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got married in Duluth, and then we flew to Miami, then we took a little plane to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Hottest airport in the world. And then we took that dear little boat to this dear little island. And a taxi to this dear little house. Uh, drinks, everybody. Uh, my own concoction. Uh, made with native rum, of course. <laughs> yummy, yummy. It's delicious. Now, for the flying fish. Caught it myself this morning. Uh, uh, Mr. Lowe, If um... you want to please me, you'll call me Uncle Jasper. Or just Jasper, if you like. All right, uh, Jasper. Uh, on our way here from the boat... Now, land, just uh, hold out your plate. Okay. Uh, just before we got here, we uh, passed an interesting old house. And here's the breadfruit, staple of the islands. It looked as though nobody lived in it for a hundred years or more. And the mangoes. Ice cold. You're going to love them. Do you uh, know anything about that old house, Mr. Lowe? Uh, uh, Jasper? Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. I know a great deal. About that old house. You see, it's on my property. You own it? I suppose I do. It's on my property. But uh, you don't do anything with it, rent it or anything? Oh, no. I mean, who would rent it? Of course, it would need a little fixing up. No matter what I did with it, no one would rent it. Well, then why not sell it, get rid of it? No one would buy it. Once they... I mean, once they've heard its history... What history, Uncle Jasper? Hmm? Oh, no, you... You don't want to hear it. Of, of course we do. You're not going to tell us the house is uh, haunted, are you? You know, I'm... Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything. Oh, oh Uncle Jasper, come on. Hmm? Well, maybe some other time. I suppose the old uh, house has a ghost in it, at least one. Now, don't joke. Well, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to... <laughs> Well, you see, I- I'm a psychologist. I-, I have my degree, and when Betty and I go back to the States, I'll set up practice there. And these fables, these old tales are fascinating to me. Well, I myself, of course, don't subscribe to any of them. Oh, nor do I. I-, I believe in natural law. Oh, yes, so do I. Phenomena of the, um, shall we say, the uh, supernatural realm are no more than projections or extensions of natural laws. No, I agree. Well, then... Oh, there are things, I'm afraid, about the old house that won't fit in with any natural law that I know of. Things impossible. <laughs> Absurd. Such as? Uh, such a, uh, such as the shining man. I bit my tongue as soon as I uttered those words. For now, of course, the two young people were all over me, demanding to know what I meant by the shining man. But no matter how they begged me, I would not go into further detail. Such a gruesome story was not meant for the ears of two young and beautiful people embarked upon the greatest adventure of their lives. But 
After dinner that night, Jack Turner was at me again. And Betty, too. And at last, I relented. Uh, There is a tragedy connected with the old house that goes back a century and a half, when the sugar plantations were worked by slaves. The owner was a certain James Mackiam. He'd been a merchant of sorts in Honduras. And when he'd made himself a small fortune, he came here and settled down in that house with a pretty daughter. It must have been a lovely place in those days. I hope she was happy there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I believe she was, for a time. Mackian had a number of servants, uh, slaves they were, for this was a long time back. They worked in the cane field. Some worked in the house, and they were well treated. Life was very pleasant, I'm told, for all concerned, until... Yes, sir? Until? Are you sure that you want me to go on? Oh, yes, Uncle Jasper. You can't stop now. Well, after two years of comfortable, pleasant living, Mackie had to go to, uh, I to Central America to finish up some business there, leaving his young daughter in the house with only the servants for company. But he did not worry because they were all loyal and devoted, especially his uh, personal retainer, a man, a man named Jake, whose life he was said to have saved in prior days. But, uh, well, when Mackian returned, he, he found his daughter dead. Oh, how awful. Poor man. Uh, dead in her bed. An overdraft of sleeping medicine. But why would she do such a thing? Well, there seemed to be no explanation. And there is none to this day. Uh, but in his grief, Mackian blamed his faithful servant, Jake, for the tragedy and threw him out of the house. After a violent quarrel, so they say. At any rate, Jake disappeared and was never seen or heard of after that. As for Mackian, he... And he fell into a deep melancholy and uh, later... Um, well, later he was found lying on the couch in the library, quite, quite mad. A hopeless imbecile, in fact. <laughs> of course, that, that was a long time ago. There's been nothing since? Nothing recently? Hmm? Well, there's the story of a descendant of Mackins who wanted to clear up the mystery, and the agent allowed him to spend the night there. This was just before I came here. And when he did not appear the next morning, they went looking for him. And they found him lying on that same couch in the library. <laughs> and they, well, they took him away. And he's not spoken a rational word since sheer mere uh, physical fright, you know, acting on an overwrought brain. Such things happen. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, perhaps. What about the um, shining man? that a shining man haunts the place. A shining man? Yes, uh, and that a light can be seen from time to time in the library. How fascinating. Oh. Oh, you, you think so, do you? Of course I do. Well, there's no light there tonight. Come, come to the window and look, if you don't believe me. Uncle Jasper. You, you you're not trying to tell us that you have seen this light. Oh, yes. Many times. From this very window. And the, uh, the shining man, have you seen him too? Oh, yes. 
You know, once I I went into the house. It was after dark, and I I I saw him standing at the top of the stairs. Um what did he look like? A tall man. Absolutely white and shining. I never saw his face, for his back was toward me. But his wide, hunched, muscular shoulders gave an impression of such... Oh, I don't know, such hostility, such animosity that I left the house in a hurry. And I have never gone back. Now there. Now. Now you know it all. They didn't believe me. I could tell that. And I cursed myself for having let them drag the story out of me. They quickly changed the topic of conversation, and a few minutes later I excused myself to make us some rum drinks. When I returned, both young faces were smiling and friendly. But I knew that in their secret hearts, they considered me a madman. Someone once said, I believe it was a French gentlewoman, I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm afraid of them. Jasper Lowe might well echo the lady. He does not believe in supernatural phenomena, such as a shining man and a light in the window of an empty house, but he is afraid of them. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. Jasper Lowe was delighted to hear that his great-niece Betty would, in the course of her honeymoon, stop off at his island home. But Betty's new husband, Jack Turner, has innocently probed into the secrets of an old house on Jasper's property, from which, so it is said, a light shines from time to time, and which is haunted by the spectral figure of a man who shines in the dark. Now Jasper has confounded the young couple by confessing that he has himself seen the light from the window, and, on one occasion, the shining man himself. Everything had gone so well till I had been led into telling them of the light from the library window and the presence in the old house of the shining man. Had I been content to leave such freaks of nature in the realm of superstition, all might have passed off well. But to admit to them that I had seen them both myself, with my own eyes, I can scarcely be blamed if the next morning I... when I eavesdropped at the door of their room... a dear old man. When I was a little girl, he'd, he'd come to visit us and we'd take long walks together and talk about, you know, all sorts of things. But he was fine when we got here. So high-spirited and he, he seemed so... Oh, he seemed so well. He certainly seemed that way to me. It, it wasn't until you started bothering him about that old house. Well, that was natural, wasn't it? Perfectly natural curiosity. But couldn't you see he didn't want to talk about it? I didn't see anything of the kind. Maybe you did, I didn't. Don't you say another word to him about that house. Or the light in the library window, or or the shining man. Not one word, you understand me? If you do, I... Listen, everything was perfectly okay till it came to the shining man. That's when he started to get, well, peculiar. But why didn't you let him alone? Well, he was the one that mentioned the shining man first. You were the one who brought the subject up again. Only after he said he'd seen the light in the library window. Many times, he said. He'd seen it many times. 
I suppose you're going to claim he didn't say that. No. No, he, he did say that. And then he said that one time he'd gone into the old house after dark and seen the shining man standing on the stairs. It frightened him so he, he ran out and never went back. Yes, he said that. Oh, Jack. Jack, what are we going to do? I don't know. But we'll do something. You can depend on that. I don't know how we got through the day. Breakfast was taken up with a discussion of how they would spend the rest of their honeymoon. A cruise through the islands ending up in Barbados. And then we went sightseeing again. Had lunch in the only decent restaurant the island afforded. All pleasant, homey. We spent the afternoon in my really splendid vegetable garden, picking all manner of things for our dinner. And then we all retired for a nap. Because the next morning, Jack and Betty would fly to Puerto Rico to pick up the cruise ship that would take them on the rest of their honeymoon. All day, there had been no mention of the old house, the light in the window, or the shining man. Yes, Betty? You awake, Uncle Jasper? Oh, yeah. Yes, my dear. Come in. I'll bet I woke you up. No, you didn't. I, I, I was just lying here thinking about thinking about things. Any particular things? Mm-hmm. Oh, some. And things in general, too. Well, did you have a, a good nap? A big day tomorrow. Actually, I didn't take a nap. Oh, you should have. I'll go to bed early tonight. No? What I did was wash all the vegetables we picked. Oh, I'd have done that. Well, good practice for me, don't you think? After all, I'm going to be a wife. <laughs> so you are. Then I cut the vegetables into bite-sized pieces. Well. Simmered some of them a little, left some of them raw. You are going to make a splendid wife. Now they're all ready for the salad. Only I don't know how to make the dressing. Well, I do. I make the best salad dressing in the world. So now, turn it back for a minute, girl, while I slip into some dungarees and a shirt. And then we're off to the kitchen. <laughs> all right. Huh. I say, it is dark out, isn't it? It has been for half an hour. I watched the sun go down. It was beautiful. Where's Jack? Jack? Oh, he went off somewhere. Where is somewhere? He didn't say exactly where he was going. You are not telling me the truth, are you? I, I don't know what you mean. You do know where Jack went, don't you? Well, not for sure. You and Jack... I'm worried about me. Oh, I don't know why you say that. Because. Because I stood outside your bedroom door this morning and I heard you talking about me. Oh, Uncle. Oh, we, we didn't mean anything. Oh, yes, you did. You meant that I'm getting old and feeble-minded. No, no. Now, where did Jack go? To fetch a doctor? To tell the authorities that I'm incompetent? Uncle Jack. Jack wouldn't do a thing like that. Did he go off to make arrangements to have me committed to the sanitarium in San Juan? No, no, honestly. I know the head doctor there. man by the name of Martinez. Good man. But I'm not ready to be put away. No, sir, not yet. Uncle Jasper, it's... it's all because of what you said about the old house. The light in the library window. The, the shining man. Ah, yes. I thought so. You said you saw them. I did? 
But that's no reason to put me away, lock me up. Nobody wants to do that. Then why did Jack go to ask about Dr. Martinez in the sanitarium in San Juan? He didn't. He, uh, he went to the old house. What? He, he went there. But why? What for? To see. To try to see what you saw. Or think you saw. To find... To find a rational explanation for the... For the light in the window and the shining man. He is there now. Yes, but he'll be back any minute and... And then we'll know. Come on. You come with me. Where? Where are we going? To the old house. Or Jack may never come back to us at all. I hustled Betty into the car... And we drove pell-mell across the stubble fields of the old house. It looked as it had always looked. Old-fashioned, time-worn, barely holding itself up on crippled supports. Everything was quiet. Quiet as death. Well, here we are. What do we do now, Uncle Jasper? Well, we could wait for Jack to come out. But what if he... Maybe he's not in there at all. There's only one way to find out. Come on. You you mean go in there? You want to find your husband, don't you? Yes, yes. Maybe he never came here at all. Maybe maybe he changed his mind. Yes, maybe. Now, come on, let's go in. All right. Now, I'll go in first. Now, maybe you would better not come in at all. No. No, I want to. All right. Hello? Hello? Jack? Jack, are you here? I don't think he's here at all. It's possible. Now, come on. Uncle, it, it smells so dreadfully. So oh, stagnant and damp, so musty. Yeah, here's the library. Are we going to go in there? Oh, we must. Wait. There's Jack. There on the floor. Jack. Oh, Jack. Darling. So still. So quiet. Just an awful silence. Jack. What is it? But there's something here, something in this room. It's Uncle Jasper and Betty, darling. Who's in the room with me? Who is with me in this room? Uncle Jasper, he... Who is with me in this room? Answer me! What are we to do? Said to Miriam. Nobody heard me come in. I didn't make a sound. I went to the couch. I lay down on the couch. Yeah. Oh, Jack. And that awful taste in my mouth. Bitter. Was it from the dust? Tell me, somebody. What should I say? Just let him talk. Everything's so still. Empty and silent. The whole house. Then. A presence. Who's there? Down from above, a patch 
luminosity growing brighter and brighter. Pale green, strong as moonlight. But the dust rises like vapor when I move. A clogging weight, like a nightmare, presses upon me. And I'm exhausted and disgusted by the terrible odor. And the atmosphere thickens and cloaks the walls with drowsy horror. But now, the brightness dims. And dark smears begin to show through it. And then... They begin to run together until, until, out of them, out of them emerges a face, a fat, evil face, and the face sinks nearer and nearer to my own, and the light changes to black, dripping fluid, and the drops begin to fall, to fall. Uncle Jack, help him. I don't know what to do. I can't save myself. I can't fight back. But my hands reach up to the face above me and pass through it. And I see the glazed skin quiver and I fling myself on the couch and fall. Fall into emptiness. Into a great red vacancy. Down and down and down. And I am lost. Several times. 
The house is on my property, just across an open field, so I've had a clear view of it. But you never went back? Oh, once was enough for me. And I regret, Doctor, more than I can say that I ever told Betty and Jack about that one and only visit. You see, if, if I hadn't done that... It wasn't Jack's fault. We kept badgering him about it, wanting to know more. My husband's a psychologist. He was terribly interested... And then concern for Uncle Jasper and what might be, well, hallucinations. It seems now that they were not. Dr. Martinez, you will keep Jack here, won't you? I will keep him. Oh, thank you. I shall do what I can for him. But I warn you, I can promise nothing. But there must be something. Jack is young. He's, he's always been healthy. And, and he doesn't believe in the, well, the, the supernatural, the, the occult. That's why he went to the old house. To prove to Uncle Jasper that the things he'd seen well, must have their basis in, in reality and in natural laws. Mr. Law, you remember the descendant of the original owner of the house who gained admittance some years ago? Spent the night there to establish the very same thing? Yes, they found him the next morning lying on the couch in the library. Took him away. And brought him here. Here he has stayed. That is, he was here until last night. You mean he left? Was he well enough to leave? No, I do not mean that. I mean, he died. Mr. Lowe, would you care to see the body? Hmm? Well, well, yes, I would. Then come with me. Uh, Mrs. Turner, uh, you will stay here. The body is not a pretty sight. Uh, come, Mr. Lowe. This way. Of course, the original owner of the Federal House, uh, Mr. Mackian, I believe his name was. Oh, yes, that's right, James Mackian. Mm, he was here long before my time. Uh, this man, his descendant, whose body we're going to look at, he too was brought in before I took up my post. But I've taken an interest in the case, even though I could do nothing to help. Uh, in here, Mr. Long. You will see that this body was once a very powerful one with noble features. There. See for yourself. What do you say? You're right. He must have been handsome once. But now the disfigurement is quite pronounced. The discoloration extends from the center of the forehead to a place behind the right ear... When this man was first brought here, he had a small dark spot on his forehead. But it spread rapidly over his entire body. Cancerous, do you think? Mm, the cancerous character, I should say. Likely to occur after a shock. And uh, perhaps after severe mental strain. Such as a visit to the old house. The first result of the shock in the case of this man here was imbecility. Then... An increasingly lethargic condition of the body. Finally, coma and death. Dr. Martinez, I know very little of such things, but on close inspection, this discoloration would appear to be the result of a, a fungoid growth. Could I be correct? You may very well be. Perhaps akin to the Indian disease known as mycetoma. It attacks the underlying tissue and eventually the bones. Uh, is there any hope for Jack Turner? Well, there is always hope, my dear Mr. Lowe. Now, 
Let us go back to the lovely young wife we left waiting in my office. I have something to ask her. Oh, and what is that, Doctor? Is the coat her husband was wearing when he was brought here the same coat he wore when he visited the old house? Betty said yes, it was the same coat. There had been no thought of changing it. Our only wish was to get into the hospital in San Juan as quickly as possible. Dr. Martinez refused to enlighten us on the reason for his question and asked us to go home and wait for his phone call. And, of course, we did. We never left the house together for fear of missing his call. And after a week or so... Oh, well, I'll answer it, Betty. Uh, yes, hello. Dr. Martinez, you talk so fast. Pardon me. A microscope and an apparatus for producing moist heat. And, of course, I had the young man's jacket. Uh, Doctor, tell me, is he better? Uh, Better, yes, some better. Uh, But, now, Mr. Rowe, I want to come to your island. But why? I want to visit the old house tomorrow. And, Mr. Rowe, I want you to come with me. I decided to tell Betty nothing of the doctor's call, except to say that Jack was showing improvement. I did not tell her that the doctor was coming to the island and what he planned to do on his arrival. But late in the afternoon of the following day, I invented a plausible excuse and went to the pier to meet the boat which brought the doctor to the island. In my car, we drove immediately to the old house. Dr. Martinez stared at the library. That room there, I get the feeling there is someone in it. But why? What makes you think so? Mm, I have the impression, that's all. Come, let's go in. You'd best put your handkerchief over your mouth and nose before we go into that room. Oh. Yes, you see what I mean? That is, you smell it. It is the dust. Poisonous dust. a strange green color the dust and so much of it all over the floor little hills of it ah most especially the couch look there look up on the ceiling above the couch a stain a blood stain yes I remember seeing it before but it's grown larger not a blood stain over the couch. Not a cat, no. No animal at all. Drops from the stain. But it is the dust. Such a quantity of dust which interests me. Turner's coat was covered with this fine green dust. And on the collar, I found some gummy drops which I'm willing to swear will match these drops. From the dust on his jacket, I have cultivated no less than four specimens of fungi. Three belong to known African species. The fourth has never been described. But it is like, um, very likely, Faliodis. 
With this fungus in the drops, they mature very rapidly and decay as they mature. They liquefy into a kind of dark mucilage full of spores. They drip down and give off this dreadful odor. In time, the mucilage dries and leaves the dust of the spores. Uh, Doctor, please, I cannot follow you. What about the light? The light from the window, which I swear I saw more than once. It happens that the three species of African fungi have well-known phosphorescent properties. These are manifested not just during decomposition, but during the period of growth. The light is only visible from time to time. Probably climactic conditions admit an occasional efflorescence. So Jack was poisoned by fungi. But he escaped. The others died. Because the fungi only touched his clothing, not his skin. The unknown fungus is singularly malignant. It acts through the skin with terrible rapidity, afterwards penetrating all the tissues of the body, eventually causing death. Can we go upstairs and examine the flooring above the stained patch? The room above is divided into two portions by a hollow partition of a few feet thick. I think it was originally intended for a cupboard. Come on, quick. Let us go upstairs and get into that cupboard. Wait! Look. Did you see the light? It was dancing. Quivering on the four walls of the staircase landing. Now, show me where you saw the shining man. In front of that panel there. There must be some way of opening that panel. If there's a cupboard behind it, they would need some... Some way to ventilate it. Ah, yes, yes. Here's a little metal knob. Now, I'll turn it. Ah, it's opening. Stand aside, please. Let me look. Look, 
Oh, look, here, here they come now. Ah, yes, there's Dr. Martinez. Yes. But where's Jack? Jack's not with him. Uncle Jasper, what's happened? Now, now, wait until the doctor has a chance to tell us. Uh, Dr. Martinez. Hello, hello, how are you? Oh, and you, Mrs. Turner? And Dr. Spur is my husband. Is he all right? Oh, quite all right. He'll be along presently. Yes, but uh, where is he? We thought he'd be with you. Now, I must tell you. When Jack and I were on our way here, I explained in detail how he fell ill and why. And she said to me, how can this horrible old house with its deadly dust and poisonous fungi be got rid of? And I said, only by burning it down. Burning it down? Oh, look. Look, it's on fire. Look there. That's what he's doing now. Look at that old house burn. Betty, look. Where is Betty? I believe that is she running across the field to meet her husband. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Lowe, I trust you will forgive my presumption in allowing the young man to set fire to the old house. Hmm. Of course, of course. After all he's been through, I could not resist denying him the pleasure. Huh. You have done a, a good thing. You have exorcised a ghost. Happy ending for such a gruesome story. I should like to have been there to watch the old house go up in flames. And with it, the deadly dust, the mysterious fungi, the poisonous spores, and of course, the shiny man who would shine no more. I'll be back shortly. it turned out to be no ghost at all. Only natural phenomena issuing from natural causes. In a way, it's a pity, don't you think? I was beginning to like the vision of a shining man and a spooky light flickering now and then from the window of an old deserted house. Well, we don't always get what we want, do we? Better luck next time. Our cast included Norman Rose, Diana Kirkwood, and Russell Horton. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.